This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you so much. Good morning and welcome to the show for today. It is July the 7th, Tuesday show, and we are getting things started here. We're going to tell you everything that we're working on coming up in just a few moments. Well, Disney World is set to reopen this week, despite the record number of COVID-19 cases in Florida this week. COVID-19 surged in Florida, breaking single-day records multiple times over the past few weeks. And Walt Disney World announced plans back at the end of May to start reopening the Disney theme parks in Florida on July 11th. So at that time, Florida had more than 50,000 total cases. Now the state has more than 200,000 cases. And on Friday, July 3rd, Florida recorded its highest number of new cases yet. More than 11,400 in a single day. But uh, Disney is reopening. It says here that... uh, It says, read more about why people aren't thrilled with Disney's decision. But Disney is claiming they're going to take extraordinary measures to keep guests and uh, staff safe when this opens up. Mm-hmm. All right. Seems like a great time. Everybody's <laughs> going to dress up as Mickey when you get inside the doors. I know. I wonder how good that is for keeping the virus out. Like if you had one of the character heads. Yeah. Like if you... If you were Donald. Or Chip and Dale. or Goofy. <laughs> I, pretty good, I guess. I mean, it seems like it would. Except you're breathing whoever had the same costume on the shift before you. Well, I mean, you could sanitize it. Let's hope they do. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that the other day. I was wearing a mask. I thought, man, it's so hot outside and I'm so sweaty under this mask. I now know what it feels like to be one of the characters <laughs> at Disneyland. <laughs> Did you know that Florida does not require people to wear a mask statewide? They will at Disneyland, though. Oh, Disney World. Disney World, I'm sorry. Yeah, they did did say they will be requiring them. So uh, that'll be really fun to see how many people flip out at Disneyland or Disney World. All right. So that just caught my eye this morning. Uh, All right, what's going on? What do you think is going on? And I don't think they have the full story yet, but a, a statue of Frederick Douglass was vandalized and removed from its post. Okay. In Rochester, New York. All right. Uh, Frederick Douglass was uh, African-American and an abolitionist. And the statue was on the site where Frederick Douglass did his what to the slave is the 4th of July speech. Okay. It was ripped down Sunday from its pedestal in a park was damaged and placed about 50 feet away. Police have not identified 
any suspects. But super sleuth Donald Trump is on the trail and he says that it is probably Antifa and anarchist. So uh, who do you think tears down a statue of Frederick Douglass? Do you think there are some people who are just... Uh, you you know what? Yeah, it's a statue. We're tearing down statues. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tear down the statue of this dude, whoever he happens to be. Uh, or it could be counter... Could it be counter... Uh, statue defilers, I guess. It's like maybe people who are sore. That, general. That, yeah. Well, I was thinking maybe somebody who's sore because they're taking down Confederate statues and is like, oh, we're gonna take we're gonna take down one of yours. I don't know if it's all that well thought out. You know, you see all these big crowds of people, and you think, all right, even if ninety nine percent of them are peacefully protesting and know what they're protesting. There's going to be at least 1%. They have no idea. And are just, right, are just there. And it's like if they see a chance, you know, an opportunity to destroy something, they're going to, I mean, think about it. If if only 1% of the people were like that, that would probably account for all the property destruction that's going on. I don't know. I'd. I'd like to, when they finally figure out who did it. I'd like to hear who tore down the statue of of Frederick Douglass in Rochester. All right, uh, let's go ahead and get set for the show today, and we're going to go around. Everybody's going to tell us what we're uh, working on today. Lisa, let's start with news headlines. Lisa is uh, going to bring us the news later on. What do we have coming up? So, do you remember Amy Cooper? She was the the Central Park Karen who called the cops on the bird watcher. I'd prefer to think of him as comic book creator because yeah. apparently he was a he was <laughs> very famous. Uh, I think he worked for Marvel. Yeah, and he also went to Harvard. He Christian Cooper was his name, uh, was the gentleman's name. Okay, Christian okay. Cooper was the guy. Mm-hmm. Amy Cooper was the woman. What? No relation? No relation at all. The white woman who was filmed threatening to call the police on the uh, black bird watcher in Central Park back in May. Um, it looks like now she is now being charged. The Manhattan DA said that that the office initiated a prosecution of Amy Cooper for falsely reporting an incident in the third degree. Now, the defense attorney for Amy uh, is representing her. Um, Now, this gentleman, Robert Barnes, he has previously represented Wesley Snipes and your boy, Alex Jones. Uh, So Barnes is now saying that Cooper will be found not guilty of a single charge against her. And what was her deal? What did she do? I mean, what was her livelihood or I forget what her exact or, job was, but she uh, her age, she's 40. She's 40 years old. She was she was upset that the guy had told her, hey, you got to have your dog on, on a leash. leash. Yeah. And the then park. she called the cops and said that he was threatening her and that there was a black man in the park that was threatening her and she was a white woman. Um, so her lawyer is saying that the rush to judgment by some in the public is cancel culture epidemic and will be proven as wrong. And she lost her job, her home and her public life. And now some are demanding she lose her freedom. How many lives are we going to destroy over misunderstood 60 seconds of video that we see on social media? So oh, wow. looks like we have that coming up in court. All right. Uh, we lost a couple of uh, pretty well-known Celebrities overnight. Charlie Daniels, who had a bunch of hits in the 70s, but the most famous one was Devil Went Down to Georgia. 
he was looking for a soul to steal. He's in a bind. He's way behind. He's willing to make a deal. Uh, so Charlie Daniels has passed away. Also, Inyo Moron, Mar- Marion, who was a composer who did uh, a bunch of the spaghetti westerns. Good, Bad, and the Ugly is one you would recognize. Wah, wah, wah. I think there's a beer commercial this runs in. I think there's also like the quicker picker-upper bounty or something like that. The quicker picker-upper. So those are a couple of the uh, celebrities. Nick Cordero, the Broadway star, uh, died over the weekend. We were talking about that yesterday. Yeah. It doesn't look like either uh, Inyo Maricon or Charlie Daniels. It doesn't look like anything had to do with uh, COVID-19. No, Charlie Daniels died of a stroke. Yeah. And they were both, uh, you know, up in years, I guess you'd say. Uh, good morning, Nico, uh, Jimmy. Good morning, Buzz. Nico joins us uh, here this morning. Yeah. We tried to watch Hamilton again yesterday and let these guys know that I'm not exaggerating when I say my Disney Plus is kind of a, you know. It's wonky. Yeah. It, like It's kind of a, a loss. I, like, I'm paying the money. I'm paying the fee, but I can't watch anything without it buffering. Constantly. Have you tried hardwiring it into the router? Are you using your Xbox or your Amazon I don't, Fire Stick? I don't know what it, any of that means. It, it's, it's not. Questions the, weren't for you. It's not the internet, I don't think. I think it's just the application. I think Disney Plus is just slow. Have you tested the internet speed? Yeah, I looked at it. Yeah, but I must be experiencing it worse than other people, or this would be a nationwide. Like, it would be a big story. Oh, Disney really crapped the bed <laughs> when they came out with their Disney Plus. But Did you try maybe um, uninstalling it and reinstalling it and see if it works faster? Yes. I already did that. We did do that. Did Have you tried hardwiring it to the router? Uh, no, <clears throat> not yet. Well, anyway, it it sucks, but Hamilton was really good. Have you tried switching how you're getting Disney Plus? Mm, you mean instead of the Fire Stick? Yeah, yeah. We we should try it through like. The oh, Xbox. that's not a bad idea. No. Yeah. All right. In fact, why don't you go home now <laughs> and work wants on to that. watch Hamilton again? Well, I never. I uninterrupted. I Hamilton. couldn't get. I couldn't get all the way through it. I mean, it's 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 infuriating. Yeah, I, I'm not exaggerating. Can it even focus on your bay, Jonathan Groff? You don't want to miss your shot. Tonight on ABC, it's the 16th season premiere of Primetime. What would you do? Do you like those? Where they go and they get actors. And yeah, if you feel like crying, play out some kind of scenario. Why crying? Because that's all they—they they have these they, these scenarios where uh, somebody's getting picked on or bullied, well, and they want to see. Maybe, it. There's, I've seen some where there's a mom and a child, and the kid is asking for something, but the mom is saying, "I'm sorry, we can't afford it." And then a, a person, out of the kindness of their heart, comes up and they're like, "Hey, I'll pay for it." Like, and they do it. They do it quietly and like don't let them know it was me. And then they'll they'll pay for whatever it is this kid wants because they know that the mom is just struggling. Oh, that that is nice. This is a show. <laughs> yeah, yeah John Quinones. They filmed it in. Um, they filmed it out here. I think last year. Huh. But they they'll did. they'll have things where like a boyfriend and a girlfriend get in a fight, and the boyfriend is just like, like he's not hitting her, but he's yelling at her and calling her stupid and all this stuff to see how many people would get involved. Yeah, they do out here last April. Uh, they filmed in Las Cruces, El Paso, and in Alamogordo. 
because uh, I remember that because the restaurant I used to work at when I was in college, they filmed an, um, a segment at that restaurant and then they did something at the mall too. And then there was like some sort of an immigrant conflict that they did at a restaurant here in El Paso. Like somebody said, why don't you speak mm-hmm. English? Yeah, um, filmed a segment at Max in downtown El Paso. So this is ABC's primetime What Would You Do premiere tonight. On on ABC. Oh, we, you know, I'm getting enough here for a true crime report. I don't think I'll have it today, but probably tomorrow. Cops had to be called out. There was an eight-hour standoff with police. It all stemmed with uh, argument over arm wrestling (laughs) between a father and son (laughs) in Kentucky. Okay, yeah. Fifty-five-year-old Curtis Zimmerman says here was drunk on Sunday night. Decided to arm wrestle his son. We don't know the son's age, but he's a teenager. We know that. Well, the kid beat his dad at arm wrestling. And the old man was so angry that they started fighting for real. (laughs) And then the dad grabbed his gun and fired two shots into the ceiling while his son was upstairs. (laughs) So it's like, you're drunk. Your son beat you in arm wrestling. And then you shoot two shots into your own ceiling. Cops went to the house around 1 a.m. yesterday morning. And an eight-hour standoff with Mr. Zimmerman. Oh, my God. Ensued before he finally. Is that how long it took to sober up? You think? I don't think it takes eight hours to sober up. Well, it probably takes eight hours to sleep a little bit and then sober up. (laughs) But he has been charged with wanton endangerment and also being a being a whiny boomer bitch <laughs> for getting so upset about losing arm wrestling. I thought that was the thing. Like you're you're proud of your son, you know. If there's some kind of physical contest, son hey, finally beat me. Yeah. Like I remember when when uh, my stepson finally beat me in in a game of. Uh, 21, you know, basketball, he finally beat me. I was like, well, son of a gun. (laughs) I'm proud of him. You didn't feel like uh, fighting him? Not until later. It had to sink in. No, of course not. It was like, oh, that's great. Got a story here about cockfighting ring that was broke up. A 30-year-old El Paso man was jailed after sheriff's deputies found evidence he was running a cockfighting ring out of his home. What kind of evidence do you imagine there would be if somebody ha- uh, was running? First of all, do you know what cockfighting is? Um, <laughs> yes. Something that you know schoolboys do. <clears throat> um, no, I I think that you'd probably have feathers, a lot of droppings, maybe. <laughs> that, that's the evidence. Yeah. How about dead roosters? Well, that too. <laughs> also, Don't they have special thing? like spurs and stuff that they put on their feet. I believe so. They like, put blades on them. Yeah. To make them but if you're looking for, you know, look at the, like dead chickens, I mean, go to KFC or Popeyes and there's no cockfighting How going on there. How is that fun? Cockfighting? Yeah. I don't know. People love it. And it has a history. Like cockfighting was a very popular thing back in the 1700s, like around the time that, and that I met. I, I read a thing one time that said that George Washington, one of his favorite things was to go to cockfighting. Wow. 
I just can't imagine. Like, what do you do if like the chickens didn't want to fight? Would you just do they just walk around? They're like, what's up? You they like, die. They you, get their butt kicked. Well, you lose money. You're betting on this. It's oh, like um, I, I don't. I've never seen cockfighting except in movies. Until there was uh, and Seinfeld. There was an episode of uh, Eastbound and Down where <laughs> there, there was a storyline when Car- Kenny Powers went to Mexico and he got okay. involved in cockfighting. But I think you, you know, it's the same with the illegal dog fighting. I think they kind of condition these animals to attack each other when it's time to do the thing. It's terrible. It's terrible. And I think it should be illegal. But I try not to get too up on my high horse because, you know, it's like, oh, shame what they do to these chickens as I'm eating like my three piece (laughs) from, from Popeye's. Did you get fried chicken for fried chicken day yesterday? He forgot it was fried chicken day. Yeah, I forgot it was fried chicken day. Juan Eduardo Montañez was arrested on 4th of July and uh, is being held on a $5,000 bond on cockfighting charges. Well, at least it was a patriotic one. It was on 4th of July. Oh, because it was 4th of July. (laughs) Uh, Here's a statement from the sheriff's office. Investigators located a cockfighting ring. Several roosters, including injured and deceased roosters, along with other implements of cockfighting. So I guess the, you know how there's drug paraphernalia? I guess there's cockfighting paraphernalia. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I would enjoy watching something yeah. like that. But does it depend? Like, when, but when I'm you, not a vegan, so. <laughs> does it depend on the animal? Like when you see the scorpion uh, fighting like a tarantula in a, the Middle Eastern movie or something, like does that bother you? What? Like when you <laughs> a scorpion's fighting a tarantula? Yeah, like they have those type of fights. When you see them in like the desert, they like will get whatever random animal they have. He means nah, like the honey badger the, video, the camel spider. Are you talking about a nature video? <laughs> I mean, no, if it's I'm, one of these things, more where of it's like lo- they're betting on it. Yeah. Oh, betting on this. I've never heard of that before. I'm saying, does it depend on the animal, or is it like you know all fighting animals is bad? Probably all fighting. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would. Yeah, say but in probably nature, they do it yeah. themselves. You know, they're fighting each sure. other just for like. In nature, yeah. But this, they're if like, it's one like, of those Planet Earth videos, you yeah. know, if it has uh, if it has an Attenborough attached to it, I'm probably <laughs> going to be a lot more accepting than if somebody's just running a, a cockfighting ring out of their out of their mobile home or whatever. <laughs> uh, let's talk about unsolved mysteries. I guess it's been a while since I saw unsolved mysteries, <laughs> but they seemed a lot more satisfying. First of all, they would have like three segments per episode. Thank you. The new that one is only so one, and it's an hour mad. long. And then you get to it, and you're like, "Oh yeah, they're just gonna leave you hanging. You don't know what happened." The first one was the guy who got Thank either you. jumped off a building or 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 got thrown off a building. So that was that got me excited for the series cuz I thought this is great. Oh, and I was into it. I, I mean, was I really it. wanted to find out The letter? The letter? What does the letter mean? I I feel like they should release the letter online cuz there's probably some really smart internet people who would figure it out and be like, "Oh, this is what the code is for the letter." So the whole thing is this guy who had a great life, just got married, was working at this new business, and all of a sudden, he ran out of, got a phone call from the office where he worked, ran out of the house, never seen again, missed for, missing for a few days, and then it turns out that he jumped off a building allegedly. He'd gone through the roof of this other building that was next to this hotel, mm-hmm. and it left a, a a small hole. 
Right. And they're saying they're like, it had to have been from the roof of that building. It couldn't be from the car parking. But for some reason, there's, you it don't It would have been like a 20 camera. foot jump. Yeah. And, but I, there's no cameras from the apartment building that he supposedly jumped off of. He's not seen on any cameras entering the building, exiting, like there's nothing there. And then the way that he fell, the injuries that he had, they said, do not support a jump. Not to mention the fact that his glasses and his cell phone were completely undamaged. Mm. All right, so there was that one. But the thing that that was a that was a great making of an unsolved mystery right there. There's a letter that he left behind a computer at his house full of clues. Kind of in code almost. Yeah, they said it was in code, but nobody can solve the code. But so I thought, okay, great. Like the next part of this episode, and then the episode was over. I'm like, wait, what? Because normally the episodes would be like a murder mystery like that, some sort of a ghost or UFO story. Or Bigfoot. Yeah, and then like a child looking for their long lost parents. Chupacabra. Like an adoption story, like I got adopted back in 1932 and I never met my mother. And then you usually had an update at the end. It was like a whole, like a well-rounded unsolved mystery story. Did you watch the UFO one? I did, and it was okay. It was like, okay, a few people recall seeing something weird 50 years ago, the end. Yeah. Right? And then there's the one dude that's like... And and I've I've wasted 60 minutes watching this to see that, oh, some kids basically kids yeah saw something they couldn't explain 50 years ago thank you for spending an hour watching unsolved mysteries i'm not gonna lie though i am still that wimp i started watching the ufo episode and it was 8 30 at night and it started getting dark and i had to turn it off Mm -hmm. i had to wait till the next morning when it was light outside (laughs) so that i could actually finish the episode it's kind of unsatisfying i know that it's in the title unsolved mysteries but they would give us an update, at least one update. You could have every just, once in a while, yeah. But those not updates even every episode. Yeah, those updates were random. Like it wasn't always every single story. Uh, it was almost no, 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 not every story, but almost every episode had an update of some sort. So either the girl found her mother, or they found out who who murdered this person, or they found this suspect that was on the run. They always had at least one update. Like it seemed like an episode, and um. I think that just had to do because they had such a large catalog of stories after so much time that they could give updates. So obviously now they don't have any, but still I was like, man, I, f- I felt very let down by the, by this season, just because of the fact there was only what, six episodes? I guess with that initial episode, the, the one person they made look shady was the guy's boss because he told all the employees not to cooperate with the police. Right. Yeah. What did you think about the dude who murdered his whole family? Which one was that one? From? Uh, the French one? That's bad. I, I, I don't recall that one. You know, so he was the guy that, like, the whole family, he made it seem like he was a spy for the United States. He was some sort of a, a count or a duke in France. I, I didn't see that. I didn't watch all of them. Oh, okay. So this is another one where the whole family just up and left. And they couldn't figure out where they went. Well, finally, they went and checked the house like four times. And on the fourth time, they found the bodies of all of the family members still in the house, except for the father. And then they think that he pretended to go kill himself somewhere in like a desert. But in reality, they think he may have just left because they never found his body. I, I should do that one for Quibi where it's like unsolved mysteries in under 30 seconds. And Boom. then you take like a... Amelia Earhart and her pilot, Fred Noonan, <laughs> took off, never to be seen again. Mm-hmm. They probably ran out of gas and crashed in the ocean. Mystery solved. <laughs> <laughs> 
I I would fully. I, you know what? I think that Unsolved Mysteries should have came out on Quibi if they were going <laughs> to de- dedicate an entire episode to one story. Yeah. I agree with your statement. We lost a uh, couple celebrities yesterday um, from the world of music. Oh no! Um, so we're, we'll cover that, and I've got the Mo Show calendar coming up here in just a few minutes. Later today, we're going to talk about uh, weed. What? what? Well, we have a we have a a friend. I go, yeah, a friend, Colt's mm-hmm. friend, right? Yeah, friend who's Joe? Yeah, into the uh, NORML normal legalizing marijuana. And what what came up? Like people are figuring out that you can get medical marijuana in New Mexico. In New Mexico. Out of people, st- even if you didn't live there. Yeah. It, so let's say Texas. All right. Mm-hmm. So you live there and there's some people are saying, well, you, you need to get diagnosed. You need to get your prescription out of California. But Colt says, no, there's a there's a shortcut no, to do it's it. It's a lot easier than that. And because somebody had gone on Reddit to basically say, here's how I was able to do it, where they went online. They found a doctor in California. They had a phone call with this doctor in California. They wrote the prescription. Then it went over to New Mexico to get uh, the medical marijuana. It's actually a lot easier than that, especially if you're living in the city in which we live because we're right on the border of New Mexico. You drive over there and get the prescription from a doctor over there. Where do you buy? And we'll ask Colt all this because he's going to talk to us in the next hour. I don't see dispensaries in New Mexico, or at least they're a lot more subtle than the ones in Colorado are, because you, I mean, they're as common as gas stations in Colorado. Mm -hmm. But in New Mexico, I don't, I don't see them really standing out. Well, you don't see billboards for that's another thing in Oklahoma. They legalize medical marijuana. They're highly visible, but for some reason in in I was going to say New Mexico. Say, they're not just right Palm out there. Springs. When I went to back home to visit my friend, it literally was every single billboard was either about marijuana delivery service, marijuana lounges, marijuana grocery stores, marijuana. Every every single billboard was about it. For a lot of those places, it's for recreational though. You don't see it like being advertised a lot for medical. I didn't. At least I didn't know in Oklahoma. Oklahoma's medical. Like you got to have prescription. Got to be in state resident. There's a couple. And it is there's a dispensary right out in Sunland Park. Yeah. Yeah, there's it's a right couple. down the street from Western Plainland. Can there's you see it from like the road, though? From which road? From any road. I mean, there's one I guess right there's a road. Not like a shining city on a hill. Well, no, there's one in Las Cruces. They are in Colorado. You, They draw attention to themselves. No, 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 but there is one right off the freeway in Las Cruces, right there where the 25 and the 70 break off. There's a billboard right there that says the medical marijuana dispensary. I think there's two of them. So I would be curious. Say... There's a bunch. Yeah. Here, you remind can just me to, Google it. Remind me to ask <laughs> Colt this question. I was like, I've been looking. When, when Colt's on, remind me to ask him, so say you bought marijuana in Las Cruces, mm-hmm. and then you were going to travel to uh, Alamogordo. You got to go through that Border Patrol checkpoint. Could they bust you for having it? Because you're still breaking a federal law. Not if you have your, your uh, medical... Um, Prescription, I, I believe. I, I think the border patrol might still be able to, because they, they don't have to respect your your They're prescription. Federal. Yeah. Well, that's a good question for Colt because mm-hmm. that was a good question for Colt. Go do it and let us know what you happens. Know, yeah. <laughs> Test uh, it out. The city we broadcast from is is El Paso, and it is on the U.S. side. There is a a net, meaning if you're going to leave El Paso, 
you've got to go through a border patrol checkpoint and they're checking for a couple of things drugs and also human smuggling mm-hmm. um but if it's legal to get marijuana on the state level in your new mexico because it goes all the way up like i think the the farthest one away in new mexico is is like 20 or 30 miles on the other side of Las Cruces. So if you get legally get marijuana in Las Cruces and decide to go to Albuquerque, you're going to have to go through a federal checkpoint. And I would just, I, and, and Colt is the most knowledgeable person that I know about this. So we're going to talk to him uh, coming up here in just a little bit. Let's get a quick look at the Mosho calendar and daily almanac of events and find out what's happening on our calendar today. It's July the 7th. Today is Chocolate Day. Yeah. Mm. Back in history in 1947, the Roswell incident occurred. Whatever it was, it happened back in 1947. And Statehood Day for Alaska. Alaska became the 50th and so far final state on this date in 1958. Birthdays include guitarist for Avenged Sevenfold, Sinister Gates, who is 39. Uh, Olympic silver medalist figure skater Michelle Kwan is 40 today, and comedian Jim Gaffigan turns 54. Actress Shelley Duvall is 71. Most famous for olive oil, opposite Robin Williams' Popeye and Jack Nicholson's wife in The Shining. Well, knock me over with a feather. Doc Severinsen is still alive, it says. <laughs> he was the band leader on Johnny Carson's Tonight Show for 25 years. Wow. And uh, 93. He retired when Johnny retired, so he's been retired almost 30 years. Also, a date in history 40 years ago on this date, Led Zeppelin played their final show. 1980. They had a few chances to get back together. I guess the closest we ever got was when Jimmy Page and Robert Plant went on on tour. I mean, that's two out of three of the surviving members of Led Zeppelin. I, I don't know they, if you... I thought they reunited a few years ago with three out of the four, and then they even had... Um, Bonham's son? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think they went out on tour as Led Zeppelin well, on no, tour. Well, they did tour, but they... They, they um, did, a spe- they did a show. Yeah. They did something, but Page and Plant had a whole album, you know. And Ringo is having a birthday today. Ringo Starr of the Beatles. Speaking of overrated bands. bands. No. (laughs) Wait a minute. Are you saying Led Zeppelin's overrated? Yes. Because you could make that case, but you cannot with the Beatles. (laughs) Ringo was the uh, drummer for the Beatles who replaced one of the most popular Beatles. And uh, that was Pete Best right before the Beatles went on to become household names. Definitely never heard of that dude. He well, was the, he's, he was the best. Yeah. He, he's a trivia answer at a lot of places. It's like, who did Ringo Starr replace Pete Best? And the Beatles manager, Brian Epstein, just didn't think Pete Best was good enough of a drummer. So he replaced him with Ringo. And uh, Ringo is the man who wrote and sang some of the Yellow Submarine was one of his. Octopus's Garden was another one. And it is his 80th birthday. We say happy birthday, Ringo Starr. 
All right, let's take a break. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Let's uh, let's do this. Brandon, why don't you tell me uh, kind of what brought this up? Somebody was posting about how to get uh, a New Mexico medical uh, marijuana card, but it was more complicated than it needs to be. And I, I, before you do that, though, I'll say that uh, our our guest, Colt, is, is a listener. He's in the Facebook chat sometimes, but... You know how some people are marijuana experts, like they can turn anything into a bong or they really know. Like Stephen about Baldwin the, in Half Baked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Colt is knows the law. Like he knows the policies and law and stuff. Uh, so uh, good morning, Colt. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, Brandon, what, what brought this on? So basically somebody over on Reddit had posted about uh, New Mexico and being able to be out of state and fill your prescription for marijuana. The person says here, all of this took me less than 20 minutes. One is able to get a doctor's recommendation for marijuana from California immediately. Just Google MMJ card and there'll be several websites that charge you $39 for it. I logged in and a doctor called me in less than a minute after that. And then this continues on where there's a whole lot of steps. It's not that difficult though, where from my understanding is, Even if you live in Texas and you have a Texas ID, you can go over to New Mexico, see a doctor in New Mexico, get a prescription over there and get it filled over there. And there was even a story that I found. This came from uh, KTSM. And it says one of the first Texans to receive a three-year medical cannabis card was El Paso Normal Director Colt DeMorris. Colt says a patient is a patient regardless of what state they reside in. I am grateful for New Mexico opening up the program so I can be protected and medicated while in the state. All right. So uh, Colt is on uh, the line with us, uh, as we mentioned. And I feel confident that anything I ask him about the, the the current state of, of what's going on with mm-hmm. marijuana legalization, uh, he'll know. So, and I also saw that Colt was going to show people like how to do it. I, I guess I saw that on your social media is that you were going to be like a guide and and show people how to get a medical marijuana card in New Mexico, Colt. Correct. Um, <clears throat> so first off, I just want to touch base on that KTSM article. Um, that was back last year when the, they had worded the law to where any person could get a card. Um, since then, they have changed the wording of the law back to a New Mexico resident. Um, but that is for a New Mexico card. So it, for a patient to go over to New Mexico and see a doctor and get a card, that can't happen anymore. <clears throat> but what happened is at the same time that they passed that uh that law that rewarded it, they also passed a law um, that went into effect July 1st, and it is for uh, that they are going to reciprocate uh, to patients that have cards in other states. Mm. So that went into effect July 1st. Well, um, the, the language of the law just says that you need a proof of authorization um, from a state that allows medical marijuana cards. So July 1st came around, and that law went into effect, and I'm in contact with the owner of uh, Ultra Health. Um, He owns all the Ultra Health in New Mexico, and he called me up, and we've been talking back and forth from the time 
that they had the wording changed, and I was able to get my card um, up until now, and he let me know that we did it, that they've, he, and he's, he's verified with the Department of Health many times on the wording because he wanted to have them held to their word. And now, since uh, we can, now since they allow uh, reciprocity, um, anybody that has a medical card from out of state can go to a New Mexico dispensary and they will get what is called a reciprocal patient license. So now what people can do is go online. Um, I put all this information on my Facebook. I even have a video out after, because I walked two, two patients through the process last Friday. Um, and I take people, I told people to go to NUGMD, N-U-G-G-M-D.com. And there you are able to apply for a California recommendation. And... Um, you put all the information in, you give a picture of your ID, um, whether regardless of what state it is, and you answer a couple of questions. Um, some of the questions deal with like, do you smoke, do you drink, are you pregnant, and also um, con your condition. And then you sit in a waiting room online, and when it's your turn, a doctor will call you and speak to your condition, or speak to you about your condition, and then they will either approve or deny you. Something uh, tells me, uh, Colt, if you don't mind, uh, something tells me that when you get a phone call from a doctor that you uh, got in touch with through NUGMD, they're probably going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I don't know if I'm right about that or not. Um, well, California has a very extensive list of conditions that are approved. So um, I've talked to over 200 people uh, since Friday. Um, helping them go through this process. And out of those 200 people, I've only had one come back and say, well, out of the ones that have done it, I'm not sure all 200 have done it, but out of the ones that have done it, I've only had one come back and say that they were denied. And the reason they were denied is because they went and tried to talk to this doctor to get a Cali recommendation, and the doctor asked them, well, where are you going to use it? And the person told them New Mexico. So they were denied automatically. Um, what are you supposed to say? Well, you're going to use well, it in whatever state you get it in. Yeah, uh, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything. I mean, that's really none of their business. Um, you know, that's your medical, uh, that's your medical stuff. They can't ask you since you're talking to a California doctor. They can't ask you, are you, are you a res? They can't ask about your residence, like where where you live, or. What what, sure they, what can they, they ask could. you? I'm sure they could, but uh, I just had a friend come back from California in February, and while she was there, she's a Texas resident with Texas ID. She walked into a doctor's office in California, and was and was given a uh, a doctor recommendation. So it's really it's their recommendation isn't. Um, based just on residency. Anybody can go see a doctor out there and get a recommendation. Um, it's not a card. It's not a medical marijuana card. It's just a doctor recommendation, which is good enough to use in California to access medical cannabis. Um, but they, uh, so they, yeah, so they, you know what, I haven't come across that um, as far as them denying because of residency. Um, 
Okay, so what tripped up the one guy that you talked to? He, the doctor asked him, where are you going to use this? Meaning, where are you going to use the marijuana or where are you going to use... Where are you going to fill your prescription? Where are you going to fill your prescription? Uh, yeah, I, I think it was more of where he was going to... Yeah, maybe it was that. I, I'm not clear on what he said. He just asked where they were going to use it. Maybe if you say, oh, California, <laughs> just tell him, you know, yeah, California. De- de- definitely tell him California because they don't even know at that time that you're not in California. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Hey, so, Hey, Cole, I have a question ahead. for you real quick. Um, so you're so right now, no longer Texas residents can't get a, a, a medical marijuana card in, in New Mexico. They no longer can do that, right? Correct. Now, what about the people that already applied? Is there a grandfathering in? No. Um, So when our cards were issued, they were issued for three years. Um, Every year you have to have a recertification. And I talked to the Department of Health in New Mexico, and they are going to allow those patients to recertify every year. But once that card expires, you're done. Okay. Like, they, okay. Won't, they won't allow you. But I also have people in New Mexico that say um, when their card expires, they are New Mexico residents, they're just going to go through this process of getting a California mm-hmm. card um, and, and go like that. Because when you're in New Mexico and you apply for a card, you have to send your paperwork to the DOH and you have to wait 30 days. Uh, for them to process the paperwork. This way that we're doing it now, you can apply, or you can get the card, you go to the dispensary, and you can a- access cannabis that same okay, day. Okay, give me the easy step-by-step again, uh, what you what you do. The, go, to the, go to the website, is that where we start? Yeah, so the, the, the first step would be to go to the website, which is uh, the one I've been using is nugmd.com, and it's 2Gs, N-U-G-G.com, uh, M-D.com. And you go through that process of talking to a, registering and talking to a doctor. And then once they approve you, automatically they email you your recommendation. You print out your recommendation. You take your recommendation to, let's say, like Ultra Health, that's right here in Sunland Park. What is Ultra Health? Is that a dispensary? Yes, it is a dispensary. Okay, so you take it to the. I, I was wondering if you had to then go to a New Mexico doctor with your recommendation from California, but you can just take it right into the dispensary and show them the thing that you printed off from your computer. Correct. So you, you, you give them the recommendation and they input your information into the system, just like they would one of their state patients. And when they do that, the system gives them what's called an RP number and it's a reciprocal patient number. And then they print you off a little piece of paper that has like a little card on it that is your reciprocal patient license. So that license can be taken to any dispensary in New Mexico. In theory, it can be taken to any dispensary in New Mexico and you can access cannabis that that way. I do have one person that told me yesterday that uh, one in Las Cruces is called Pure Life, that they didn't accept it, but I'm unsure why right now because they're supposed to allow reciprocity. I got a couple of quick uh, questions, Colt, while we got a minute here. Um, when somebody gets, say somebody in Las Cruces were to get uh, medical marijuana, and then they wanted to take the medical marijuana with them elsewhere in the, let's say, uh, Las Cruces to Albuquerque, well, they've still got to go through a federal checkpoint. What happens at the federal checkpoint when somebody with a state uh 
prescription, you know, state approved medical card goes through the checkpoint with cannabis. Well, I, I kind of had just answered this question for Brandon when we were talking earlier, and I, I, I double checked with somebody and I was told something different. So I thought that when you go through the checkpoint, if they were to find it, they may confiscate it and let it go because you are a legal patient in that state, but it is still federally illegal. But what I was just told is that nothing will happen. It may take up to three hours, but they'll hold you. State police are called while you sit there in a little room, and they look at they they verify that you're a patient, and they look at your card. And once they can verify that you're a patient and you're legal, that they will give you your cannabis back and let you go. Yeah, but three hours when you're just trying to <laughs> when you're just trying to you know take a trip. I mean, that, right. Right. I, 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 I go through the checkpoint all the time. Um, before I was a card holder, it used to worry me, but now it just, I don't even it doesn't even bother me. Um, I've never had any bad experience. Of you course, don't you don't worry that they're now. gonna they're gonna see the the New Mexico card and then your Texas driver's license and they're gonna they're gonna call that out. Not at all, because um, I got my card while the while it was legal to get a oh, card right. like that. Right, you got so, the legal card when it was when it was okay to do it. I'll stick exactly. to sketchy numbers and uh, alleys. All right, very good. Thank you, Colt, for talking to us today. I I always appreciate uh, that you have the answers to all these questions we want to know about. You're welcome. All Thanks right. for having me all on. Right. I love being on. All right. Thanks, Colt. We'll talk to you again soon. Have a great day. Here's the telephone number. You can call us uh, when we're live on the air. Weekday mornings, you can call toll-free at 844-305-6210. That's 844-305-6210. Let's go to Yvonne. And uh, Yvonne had some, uh, a little bit to add about, well, the conversation that we had with Colt about getting a medical marijuana card for California or not even a card, just a recommendation and then how you could use it in New Mexico. And, uh, Yvonne, what, uh, tell us what's, what's your, uh, it says here that you do uh, legal certification. So can you explain that to me a little bit? Okay. Good morning. Good morning. So I've been doing certifications for the medical cannabis in the state of New Mexico since approximately 2010. Okay. When the certifications first began in 2010, the diagnosis requirements were, were very stringent. So if you had a diagnosis of dystonia, like a tremor, um, you would have to, or anything that was associated with neurological disorders, you had to have a certification from a medical provider, and then you had to take that certification to a neurologist and have them certify you. If you had a certification for chronic pain disorder, then you had to go to a chronic pain specialist and have both of those certifications. All of that packet of documentation was then submitted to Department of Health, and then they um, reviewed the documentation and determined whether you qualified. So, so it sounds it like much- things were taken much more seriously when this first started uh, exactly. 10 years ago. Yes, Exactly. So now the requirement is has eased up much, um, quite a bit in the, the state of New Mexico. So right now, all you have to do is have the certification from one provider. There are um, certain clinics that just simply just do the medical cannabis certifications, and that's really all they do. 
So you can go in, you can pay a cash pay price. It's somewhere between 50 and $75. They review your medical history. If you have chronic pain and you have x-rays, MRIs, diagnostic workup from some other provider and you bring it in with you, they qualify you. Yvonne, that can I interrupt and ask you, Are yeah. you ta- you're, uh, when you're saying uh, go in to be qualified, are you talking about only for New Mexico residents or does that apply for out of, out of state? What's, what's the So case? in the state of New Mexico, um, he is correct, Colt is correct in saying that there was wording in the law previous to this year, previous to 2020, yeah. that stated any, any um, resident. So with the wording of the law, you could certify from other states in New Mexico with just a valid driver's license or ID, and then they would qualify you through either these clinics or uh, a provider that did the certifications. But the wording changed um, in March, and it stated that you had to be a New Mexico resident to be able to certify in the state of New Mexico. So anybody coming from Texas or California with an ID, so I have patients who come from um, Colorado. When they move here, Colorado is a, they have legal cannabis. So it's much easier to go there and to get certification. But when you come here, even if you have a certification in Colorado, it doesn't qualify. So you still have to get the certification, but the way it, it kind of tangles patients is they also have to have a New Mexico ID. So they can't just bring in a Colorado a medical cannabis card with a Colorado ID and submit that to New Mexico D- Department of Health mm-hmm. because it doesn't qualify them. Well, what what about the issue of reciprocity that Colt was talking about? Can you just walk into a dispensary in New Mexico with your out-of-state uh, card? No. So like he's saying with the Pure Life, you when they walked in with the reciprocity card and they, they denied um, providing the dispensary um, cannabis, it's because the reciprocity here in New Mexico, because when they change the wording, you have to be a New Mexico resident. So even if I have somebody with a Colorado um, medical cannabis certification, they can't walk into a dispensary locally and be provided any medical cannabis because it's one, it's not legal in the state of New Mexico without a certifica- certified um, 101 certificate from mm-hmm. the Department of Health. And two, if you have a Colorado or an out-of-state ID, they will directly reject your application. So when I have patients come in, I have to tell them, when you've moved here or you've relocated, you have to first, before you certify, get get a New Mexico ID. Just last year, within the past two years, my my home state of Oklahoma uh, legalized medical uh, cannabis. You can't drive a block in almost any town without seeing either a billboard or an actual storefront. And what I notice in New Mexico, are these dispensaries more tucked away or uh, they try and keep them off the main roads, it seems like, maybe? Yeah, they keep them uh, sort of locked down because remember, when I when you go to when you travel to Colorado, you can essentially buy cannabis at a gas station. You can they you, have you don't have yes. to go far to find a place that will sell you. If you're over 21, they will sell you legal cannabis in Colorado. I've been that's told. Correct. <laughs> yes, that's correct. that's correct. So it's because it's in the legal state. So in Oklahoma, it would be the same. You would have billboards or gas stations, certain um, dispensaries where you could just walk in and purchase the cannabis. Well, they don't have recreational in Oklahoma. It, it's uh, it's purely you've got to have a medical card and you've got to be an in-state resident. 
Yes, so here in New Mexico, it's a little bit different. There are some places that um, you can see, like, on the building front that they'll have, like, you know, a cannabis leaf or something, so you know it's a dispensary. But for the majority of the patients, when they receive the certification, that is, they'll get a, they'll get a documentation from Department of Health listing the, the New Mexico dispensaries so that it's a lot more private. It's not something that they just kind of billboard out there. You only get the list of all of the, the dispensaries from either Rio Doso or here yeah. or Albuquerque in that Department of Health um, certification. If you have a certification, you can find a dispensary, but you're, they're not, they're not advertised. I mean, I'm Googling a bunch right now. Mm-hmm. There's like, yeah. So you can find them, but they're not, there's not like a billboard. It's not going to be at a gas station. They're going to be relatively easy to find, but the certification from Department of Health, they're the ones that give the list of dispensary of where it's legal to purchase the cannabis. All right. Well, Yvonne, thank you for calling and uh, thank you for being patient while you answered our questions. I I appreciate you calling in. All right. Bye, Yvonne. All right. It was like overnight. I went up to visit and a couple, I don't know, a year and a half ago, I went to go visit and it was all in the news that the Oklahoma voters were going to vote on medical marijuana. Then I came back to Texas, didn't think about it. The next time I went up, like two and a half, three months later, everywhere, mm-hmm. like the town I grew up in has under 12,000 people. Mm-hmm. I bet they have a dozen <laughs> medical dispensaries. One per person, almost. Some people have the dispensary running out of their other business, which might be like a, a auto body shop or whatever. <laughs> daycare? <laughs> well, not a daycare. Gentlemen's club? N- not that I've seen, but, you know, definitely in strip malls. Yeah. You know. I, I don't think we think about the, the other victims of the coronavirus, and that's the, the weed dealers, you know. They're the biggest victims, I think. What do you mean? The, the legal? The, the, yeah, no, the illegal. Oh, the, the illegal. Ill- yeah, the small-time ones. I guess all this conversation would would make it sound like I'm very uh, pro-marijuana, pro. which I'm not very pro-marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, You're just not very anti. I'm not <laughs> anti either. It's I think it's like... You're about 400 miles out of your way, pro. Yeah. <laughs> there was, are a lot of... If there was of, a chance it could be closer, he would be pro. <laughs> I, I think definitely that it's not a cure-all. You know that some people want to make it out to be, but it's also not the the devil's weed, devil's lettuce, the devil's lettuce that those old scare videos made it seem like. But Reefer madness. Reefer madness is is, is that what like, you thought it was that you were going to like people would just go crazy the second they they touched um, it, I'm just like masturbating in the streets and yeah. stuff. Well, that doesn't have. To I be mean, crazy. I grew. I, w- I was a kid in the '80s and. The just say no thing implied that heavily mm-hmm. was, okay, you know what you're going to do? You're going to smoke reefer, and the next thing you know, you're going to do heroin. Mm-hmm. Like, one thing leads to another. So, obviously, that's not true. I know a lot of people who smoked weed that have never, never been heroin. in the same room with heroin. But I think it, you know, like a lot of substances, I think people could misuse it. And... Sure. Not overdose, but I think you can misuse coffee. You can misuse anything to the detriment of your well being. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, Wait a minute, Colt's back. Hey, Colt. Hey, hey. I just wanted to touch on one thing. Yeah. Um, She had mentioned that a Colorado patient with a Colorado ID couldn't go in and and access cannabis uh, through the dispensary. Well, that's what the whole reciprocity law is. 
Um, like I said, on Friday, I took two patients myself. I started the process with them online from my own computer and walked them through the whole process to purchasing. And it was with a Cali recommendation and a Texas license. And they went in and purchased, we were purchasing in less than an hour from the time that they signed up. Also, while I was in the dispensary, somebody came in with the Oklahoma medical marijuana card without going to any kind of New Mexico doctor and registered through the dispensary and they were giving them, they were also given the reciprocal patient license right there on the spot. So I'm a little confused on what she was talking about, how a Colorado, a Colorado med card holder with a Colorado ID couldn't come into New Mexico and, um, purchase because actually I do know somebody that I gave the information to that was coming into Colorado, I mean, coming into New Mexico from Colorado this week, and they were able to do it as well. Um, I mean, that's the whole point of reciprocity. They, they allow people with other med cards mm-hmm. to, to, to join. Just in to, to recap, so that was Yvonne. Yvonne does legal certification for marijuana in New Mexico, and she had said when people move from Colorado... She tells them that they have to reapply, reapply, recertify, or get a re-diagnosis. Do you think possibly that the rules keep changing so much that she, as the person who does it legally, maybe says that this is the correct way and maybe the dispensary that you went to didn't have the most recently updated laws? Yeah, I would would say so, because I'm just looking it up right now, and the the reciprocity legislation that Colt is talking about has only been enacted within the past five days. Yeah, so, so yeah, I, it, that's what I would think would, would probably be part so of So she probably hasn't been used to, to to certifying people or having to certify people from other states because they haven't been doing mm, it yet. Don't forget, we got this whole pandemic thing going on, too. No, but what I'm saying, she hasn't, the reciprocity thing hasn't been. All right. I mean, yeah, uh, she probably doesn't have to. All right, Colt, thanks for calling back. Hey, hey Buzz, one last thing. Um, so the process that I'm telling you how how the reciprocity works in New Mexico, also if it can be used in Oklahoma because Oklahoma does have a temporary patient uh, license that's good for 30 days. And if you go in with a card from another state or a recommendation from another state, they'll allow you to do the same thing on, on a 30-day uh, temporary permit. Okay. All right. Thanks, Colt. Have a good day, guys. All right. Appreciate hearing you, hearing from you. Uh, also, I, I think there's a lot of science that says you really shouldn't be doing it if you're under. I, I, I mean, the law is 21, but I've seen a lot of science that says even in your up to 25, 26 years old. Brain development. Your brain development is still going on. And so I'm not 100 percent, you know, oh, well, marijuana cures everything and, mm-hmm. and everybody ought to be smoking it. I think some people can can use it. Too much to the to not only the detriment of their well-being, well, but it's just like anything, it can be overused and it can be become a problem when mm-hmm. it was supposed to solve something. Lunesta, yeah. for instance, can help with sleep, but mm-hmm. if you overuse it, it can become a problem. Especially when you take it during the day and then you try and stay up. What? Yeah. Who would do that? I know, it's crazy. Well, they. There's a whole scene in Wolf of Wall Street where they take quaaludes and right. th- and Leonardo DiCaprio's character explains what you do is you somehow stay awake. Were you trying got, to reenact it? I was trying to reenact it and see how it would work with Lunesta and if I would be as messed up as Leonardo DiCaprio You sound was. like when we were in high school, we used to do that, but with NyQuil. It was like everyone would take NyQuil and see who could stay up the longest. Yeah. Guys do something like that, but it's not... <laughs> 
It's called edging. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, the mask issue, which I I don't know how it's happened that it has broken down al- almost along party lines. You know, it's a weird thing. You would think, yeah. well, maybe maybe it would break down generationally, like older people who are more at risk might be the ones who are for wearing a mask. But a lot of it just seems to be tied up with, like, your political identity, which is kind of bizarre. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, one thing that's been going around social media that's technically true but still misleading is people are posting uh, that the common cold will yield a positive COVID diagnosis. Uh, This is something that somebody posted on Facebook, now even the common cold is being counted as a positive COVID-19 result, and it's got a link to the CDC. So the link to the CDC is true, but it's not talking about testing positive for COVID-19. It's talking about the antibody test. Mm -hmm. So this politicalization of COVID-19 also includes people posting things that they think bolsters their position, Mm -hmm. even when it doesn't. So the CDC uh, clarified what it means. It says there is a chance a positive result means that you have antibodies from an infection with a virus from the same family of viruses, such as the one that causes the common cold. So yeah, they're saying coronaviruses, right? Those are coronaviruses, but they're, what what the CDC was getting up across is if you go in for the antibody test, you might come back positive, but that positive result, not for COVID-19, but for the antibody test, might have been caused by the common cold. You know, so people are using this and putting it on social media, seeing, saying, see, the CDC has admitted that corona that COVID-19 is the com is the common cold, which is the not real the case weaponization at all. of news. It's a real weaponization of news, but also of misinformation. Um, Lisa, what was the protest where they where they they poured a bunch of beer out into the street, and that was supposed to be like? Were they pouring it out for their homies? No, they were pouring boy. it out because it was supposed to be like the Boston Tea Party. That was your boy. Uh, it was on the Bar Street here in the city in which we live. And they were protesting the closing of bars. They wanted them to reopen. The one thing I didn't get about it, though, is that supposedly you're supposed to get a, a fine for, what is it, $250 if you don't wear a mask? Mm-hmm. None of them were wearing a mask? Not only that, but they were drinking on the street. <laughs> so how, I mean, if I can't do that, why do they get to do that? And they're advertising it, saying that they were giving out free beers. And they mm-hmm. were letting people drink just on the street. Maybe the attitude is if you're going to be a scofflaw, you might just as well be a scofflaw about everything. I just, yeah, I got a bunch of phone calls from people saying, did you see what's going on uh, like a couple blocks away? But they were equating it to the Boston Tea Party. I was napping. Which doesn't make any sense. That's not what the Boston Tea Party, what they did was they they snuck aboard and dumped tea from the East India Company. So it was like, it wasn't their own tea. That they dumped in the harbor, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. 
There, I mean, I don't, I don't get it either. I mean, you kind of did the opposite of the Boston Tea Party. You dumped your own product mm-hmm. out into the street. Well, Wait, they just they just dumped beer? Yeah, into like the a kegs like into the street, and it was supposed hammer. to be like a protest. Hmm? It was like with a sledgehammer or something. But I, I, that I makes think, no sense, and well, is no. a completely good. Was way it to about to expire no, 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 no. or something? I was going to say that's the thing: is a lot of beer in a bunch of different restaurants is going to expire because they can't sell it. Mm-hmm. That is somewhere like a, um, a a brewery in town. I talked to about that, and they said that they're like, yeah, a lot of the kegs and stuff are going bad. So when they reopen, we're just telling them like, oh, we'll just you know we'll switch them out and give you fresh whenever you open. But a lot of the kegs are going bad. Do you know what my mom told me the other day? Her kegs are going bad. Yeah, the, her kegs are going. <laughs> bad she poured them out in the street no she said i don't know what you're gonna think about this but we did it anyway i guess there's there's a lot of food that farmers were gonna have to throw out just because they they weren't able to distribute it and the government had it set up that you could go in and get you know food a lot of it's fresh produce it wasn't like canned food Uh and some of the people at the church told her about it so they went and did it like they went and got a bunch of food your mom and her church friends? Well, word got around, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> word was going around the pews. And I said they didn't they didn't ask for your ID or, you know. Masks? No, she said everybody was eligible. You could just go in and Were get it. Were they wearing it. masks? I'm sure. Yeah. Maybe not. I, she said you pull up and you don't even have to get out of your car. No, oh, that's nice. Well, and that's a, they'll that's... give you some packages of groceries. Mostly produce. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, a lot of places are doing that because they couldn't get them to distribute. Couldn't they have done that with the beer? Like, hey, come by. We're going to yeah, have to they're... pour this out otherwise. I mean, I would be down. <laughs> There's a lot better ways to get We're just walking up to bars now like, y'all got some free beer? Hey, look, I get it. You're you're out of business and you want to be in business and you want to run your business, but you can't because of what's going on. I'm not completely unsympathetic, but... You know, this isn't a made-up thing, and all of the top experts in the in the world are saying social distancing and wearing a mask is mm-hmm. really pays off. You know, the dividends are that hopefully. Well, you saw what happened. They're saying we opened too early. You know, the biggest incentive for me is to not get it is to so that I don't have to quarantine for fourteen days. So I don't have to like get you guys looking at me like I'm a dirty person. Like that's my biggest. I feel like I get to... looked at like I'm a dirty person by people here, Bro, whether I have it or not. Didn't well, that... cover your mouth this morning when yeah. you coughed. Yeah, it was that, that was bad. And dude. you coughed directly at me. Yeah, they said you're not supposed to cover your you're not supposed to cover with your hands. You cover with dude. your arm. Like uh, like that, your elbow. that that legitimately was dumb. <laughs> by the way, that cough was. I drank something and it kind of went down. It doesn't the matter. It doesn't matter. It you wasn't literally. a Corona cough. It was a beverage cough. Like, Nico, like you wonder why we why we left the studio quickly. It was like because we're not me. gonna we're not going to be in a room with that. Like you were, oh, you're calling you're calling me dirty. Like well no you are. Okay. Looked at me and coughed directly onto me. And he didn't even like it was literally uh, this. It was, Nico. Look I, at me. This is literally what he did. Hold on. I'll even cover my mouth with my mask. Watch this. He's sitting there, he just goes. <coughs> yeah, I had taken a sip of a beverage. It kind of went and down wrong. He's it was going, just... and then when Lisa finally called him out for it, 
he covered he took his elbow and he covered his mouth and it's like dude that's a problem like Brandon had to spray me with Lysol afterwards okay. we don't know what's on my back and now. this this is before you even get COVID like imagine <laughs> once you right get I don't have COVID guys yeah. as far as you know all right you don't know it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. Nico has a segment of Nico Notes coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Yeah. I thought we were calling it Did You Know with Nico. Did you know nice I like that with one because Nico. every story did starts you know? out with Did You Know. Nico. Oh. Did you guys know? Yeah. <laughs> did you know with Nico? And then you wrap mm-hmm. up every story with a doo-doo-doo-doo. The more you know yes. time from NBC. Okay. Oh, cool. All right. I got it. All right. Did you I'm know sold. with Nico could be like the... Have you heard with Purge? Yeah! <laughs> Lisa is so happy that she gets the references to... You know what, guys? It was a community. The pandemic's been good uh, to me. Parks and Parks Recreate. Rec, that's What's right. that? I said, the pandemic's been good to me and my TV habits. I watched what we do. With oh, you would, like, you would like um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No, that, no, no, no. That's, that's what, how much she likes it all the time. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. made by the same people that did... Uh, Parks and Rec. No, I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Captain Holt is my fave. I Nico love showed me women with large breasts that bounce. Hmm? Wait, <laughs> Captain Holt said that? Yeah. yeah. There's a, there's he's trying to <laughs> act like he's straight. Oh. Well, him and Buzz have a lot in common. <laughs> he's like, yes, yes, lots of women, large. No, but I really do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Nico showed me uh, the uh, first four episodes of season one of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's okay. I mean, I don't hate it, but... I think you need to get more far. I think it's like Parks and Rec. When I tried watching the first four episodes, I wasn't into it. I didn't like it. And then once Brandon and Joanna were like, just... Start with season three. Season three, I was obsessed. Well, is season one of Brooklyn Nine-Nine week compared to the other seasons? Well, I think any first season is going to be slightly weak because they're still building. They're still trying to develop all characters. I don't know. That show, Dave, starts out pretty good, man. I I think that... That first episode. What's that on? That's on Hulu. Yeah, FX FX, on Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. I think with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, though, like, Joanna did it right because she watched all the Halloween heist episodes, and she just, it was great. And then from there, she started watching the show. Yeah, those are some of the the best episodes in the whole series. Buzz doesn't like funny things. I do. I love Gina in that show. Really, really questioned your sense of humor after all this. I had not seen Rick and Morty, and you showed me that, and I've been I an enthusiastic I a, fan of Rick and Morty. Because everything I've suggested have all been like live-action sitcoms, and he's been he's been poo-pooing them all. And then he said, well, I like Rick and Morty. And I asked him, well, what's the one live-action thing that you like that's funny? And he couldn't think of one Parks thing. Parks and Recreation. Yeah, but then you even told me yourself that, oh, I didn't even see all of it. What, a Parks and Recreation? Yeah. I watched all of it. Well, I thought. I mean, I didn't get in at the very beginning. Like, I got in season three, I think, is when I started watching Parks See, and Rec. That's that's what I did too. Yeah. See, but some of the some shows that people think are fun, like Rick and Morty, it's funny, but it's not something that I you know run to go watch. Like if if I, have, I run to go watch it. Yeah. See, if I have friends <laughs> that are watching, I'm like, yeah, for sure, I'll, I'll watch it. But I don't. You know what I watched last night, and I was very confused. But then I also found myself laughing, but still, Robot Chicken. Okay. Robot Chicken's great. I just think because there's so many random tangent storylines. They make a new episode. I'm yeah, that's, so that's happy because I'm a gummy flipping, bear. The point is they're flipping through channels for the robot chicken. Mm-hmm. Oh. If you watch the intro, they've pried open the chicken's eyes. It's sitting there, and then it's flipping through television channels. I was visiting the with robot one chicken. of my friends when I was on vacation a couple weeks ago. I went over 
and I was telling he'd never seen Rick and Morty, and I had only seen about half an episode of Archer. So okay. I was like, all right, watch one episode of Rick and Morty, and then I'll watch an episode of Archer. I didn't get into Archer. I just found my mind wandering, you know, while it's on. Hey, it says more about your brain. I don't think you like silly things. I have a feeling that yeah, you well, like Rick and Morty's pretty silly. I think Rick and Morty's very silly. It's very silly, yeah. but it's it's much more like metaphysical and so, like philosophical. Because oh, you like the Good Place, and you said, "Oh, I like that they had philosophy in the Good Place." It's like not every TV show is about philosophy. There was a super in depth. Um, secret code that one of the writers put into Archer that some internet hacker found. Hmm. And it was and it was this this and it was incredibly difficult. And he just put it in there. And like there's a lot of secret stuff in Archer. Uh maybe it's a thing if I show. if I watched more of it, maybe it would grow on me. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to th- but since you know I love Name the of or- your sex Krieger. Krieger. Orville. That was a con- is hilarious. <laughs> what is? Krieger from Archer. He's the the scientist. He's one of the boys from Brazil. That dude is great. I came up with a sit. I guess it's a sitcom. The Orville. Yeah. I thought Mm -hmm. it was really great. That's the spoof of um, Star Trek. Star Trek. Yeah. Did you guys not like Space Force? I can't remember now. Loved it. Never watched it. Loved it. You have to finish it. I thought it got weaker as it went on. Mm, No, I liked it more. Oh really? Did you finish it? I did. I finished it. It's just Steve Carell though. It's hard not to like Steve Carell in anything. He's just so... But is it just him? Like, is he kind of carrying the whole thing? No, John Malkovich does a pretty good job. He does a pretty good job. And it's got John Ralphio's in it. Oh, and John, oh yeah. John Ralphio. I love She's him. the worst! If anything, it didn't get good till the last episode, and then I was like, what? You know what, what I really liked of his, John Ralphio's, is have you seen his ne- his Netflix uh, comedy? With improv? Ben Middleditch? Yeah. Or some John Middleditch from um, Silicon Valley. Yeah, that's great. Thomas, Thomas, <laughs> Thomas Middleditch. But they do, yeah, because they just ask random people in the audience different things, and they come up with an entire like twelve-minute sketch. It's just a long-form improv show. It's like, great, but yeah. yeah, but that's why I li- I liked it so much. I found myself binging that entire show all in one sitting. Yeah, that what was were good. we going to talk about? I forgot. Okay. Oh, news, no Tele- television rules. Did you know? With Nico? Did you know? Yeah, sure. Stories on pop stars and space. Consumer advocates, Alright, Nico. What what do we call it again? Did you know with Nico? Did, Did you, you know, know with Nico? Nico? Alright. Alright, Nico, what's leading us off today? Hello, gentlemen and lady. Uh did you know? That Blockbuster should have killed Netflix. Yes. Yes, we did. What happened? They were um, Netflix pitched them to buy it, and, and Blockbuster laughed <clears throat> them out of the room. But yeah. get a load of this. It was for $50 million. Wait, yeah. wasn't I supposed to read something? I don't... You asked if we a, knew, and we knew. Don't pose it as a question if you don't want us to <laughs> answer it. a rhetorical question. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anybody born before the year 2000 knows how important the long-forgotten brand called Blockbuster was to their pop culture knowledge and their social life. Remember the evening rental specials, guys? The Friday night new release? Or the quick return slot where you had to physically drive to a location to return with a properly rewound cassette. 
and drop it in the slot like you were a FedEx guy. That one movie that you sat on for like a month just because you kept forgetting about it, and then you had like a twenty dollar late charge when That's you right. bought it in the first place. The late fee monster. I remember before Blockbuster. So Blockbuster was kind of like you know, it, it, like every store had a layout, and they. I remember when you go get a video, you just went to some place that was like a mom and pop video thing. Yep. You never knew that. what they were going to have, but they always had like a dirty movie section behind a beaded black curtain <laughs> or a black curtain or a beaded curtain. Um, and then Blockbuster came along and kind of standardized, standardized <laughs> the business the process, model. made it family friendly. And at one point they were sporting 10,000 video cassettes. And eventually DVDs and uh, Blockbuster. What do you What do you mean? Different titles? Yeah, they had over ten thousand titles, and uh, they were primed to take over the home entertainment landscape. And now, two thousand twenty, there's only one location left. Bend, Oregon. That's right. So, what happened? Netflix was launched in nineteen ninety seven as a mail order movie company. Now, were you guys familiar with Netflix when it launched? I'd only heard about it that you ordered and they sent you the things through the mail and it just seemed a lot easier to go to Blockbuster. Exactly, right? (laughs) Yeah, it did. Well, they thought so too and that's why they decided to try and sell Netflix to Blockbuster in 2000 for $50 million. And yeah, Blockbuster laughed them out of the room. That's nothing. Now, Netflix is worth $200 billion. Uh, the problem was that Blockbuster decided to compete with Netflix. Remember, they decided to put on their own uh, mail uh, order movie business, but it turned out it was just easier to go to the store than even have them mail you something. What year did Blockbuster have the chance to buy Netflix? 2000. Okay, so Netflix had been around as a, as a mail order, and then you return it. Mm-hmm. And you return it. It was like that for a while too. Because remember, in the office, they even covered Netflix as a DVD uh, mail order, not a streaming service. Oh yeah. At the top of the queue, so number five becomes number four, number six becomes number five, number three becomes so, number two. I don't know. It's not mine. And let's just say that I just sent back Love Actually, which was awesome, and they sent me Uptown Girls, which is also awesome. But guess what? Now I want to see Love Actually again, but it's at the bottom of the queue. Oh no! What oh, do yeah. I do? <laughs> what I do is this. I go online, I go click, 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 and I change the order of the queue so that I can see Love Actually as soon as I want to. It's so easy, Ryan. Do you really not know how Netflix works? <laughs> I guess I forgot. That was, was like that Kelly? yeah. Because yeah. remember, that was... Wait, well, how would it go to the bottom of the queue? Well, no, you would set a list of movies you wanted, and then once you finished one, it would get the next one would get sent automatically. But if you wanted to watch one in particular, you would have to change up your queue. The order. The order of the next movie coming. Oh, God, it's almost like living before plumbing. I mean, it sounds so so antiquated, right? Yeah. Well, it was pretty revolutionary at the, at the time, and Blockbuster thought they could do it just as good as Netflix. But as we all know, it uh, didn't turn out that way. Netflix eventually beat them out in original content, and people stopped buying DVDs. So I met this girl. I asked her to dinner and a movie. She asked, what do you have in mind? So I said... Maybe it'll Hey, you want a blockbuster and chill? Yeah. <laughs> you have, we have to go somewhere. Would you call that a blockbuster and bell night? This would be, yeah. How funny was that that commercial? Things change pretty quick. Yeah. I used to be really good friends with, like, the regional manager for all the blockbusters, and 
Ooh, heavy hitter. Yeah. Hey, you want a movie? You can get anyone you want. I, I assume he probably thought he had job security for the rest of his life, you know, renting movies at a physical location. Yeah, there was a guy that lived down the street from a buddy of mine who owned Hollywood Video. Did you have those over here at all? Yeah, mm-hmm. we have Hollywood. So he owned like three or four locations. Dude was loaded. And I remember he had two Ferraris, a 1985 and a 1995. I got a feeling, unless you changed his business. He didn't get the 2005. <laughs> <laughs> well, this would, have, this would have only, I like, you know, this was in the year 2001. Um, so I got a feeling he doesn't have those Ferraris anymore unless he was able to change his business plan. All right. Did you guys know that as of 2015, there were only 11 functional spacesuits for the United States space, space program, or also known as extra vehic- extravehicular mobility units? Today, there are only four functioning spacesuits. Wait, wait a second. We just sent a bunch of astronauts up to the International Space Station. Are you telling me they, they're using the, the ones, uh, no, the so, same four that we already had? <laughs> yeah, it's, they're called hand-me-down. No, they uh, are using different suits inside the station than they are outside. I'm talking about the ones that oh, they would Oh, use when you go outside. outside of the space station. Wasn't there a story last year you had the... the First time two women had done an uh, They EV. couldn't go because they didn't fit. Exactly. Well, they didn't have them for women. They didn't have, because they didn't fit, because the brand is right, because they yeah. weren't measured the same way. Well, that's all changed as of last year. NASA has spent a lot of time and money developing the next generation of spacesuit that will be used for the 2024 Artemis moon mission, we w- where we're putting boots on the moon and founding a permanent lunar base. When's that going to happen? 2024. So... Like permanent, as in people are going to go there and they're going to stay there for the rest of their lives? Well, not the individual people, but our pre- the United States presence will be there for the rest of our lives. But they'll rotate out. Yeah. Kind of like the space station. Kind of like Space Force. Yeah, kind of like Space Force. <laughs> Boots on the ground, 2024. Yeah. You want to play your clip? All right. I'm getting around the lunar surface. And you've probably seen those old videos of them hopping around. That's not exactly energy efficient for someone spending hours doing physical labor in reduced gravity. So on these new suits, engineers use new joint bearings that allow bending and rotating at the hips and increase bending at the knees. That means astronauts can actually walk on the moon. All right. (laughs) Not that type of moonwalk. Um, Why are spacesuits so expensive? Well, that's a great question. Uh, there's a lot of technology that goes into each spacesuit, and they have to be capable of being completely functional by themselves. That, that means not plugged into anything. So while they're out in space, they can, you know, maintain life All support. Right. This spacesuit, built in 1974, was reported to cost between 15 and $22 million. Today, that would be about $150 million. Having not delivered any new mission-ready extravehicular suits since then, NASA is running out of spacesuits. In fact, NASA are down to just four flight-ready EVA suits. Wow. Right? When we had a space program, we had uh, at least, you know, 16 suits (laughs) based on the picture. (laughs) All right. Somebody emailed me a link to a story uh, earlier this morning. I had to to check just to make sure that it's... That it's true. Was this one that you sent me? Yeah. I sent okay. It I, I wasn't sure who sent it to me. So the headline is Florida teen who contracted coronavirus dies after mother took her to church party. 
Oh gosh, this story is so Did you disgusting. See it? Yeah. Then treated her with hydroxychloroquine. Was it one of those? I thought maybe those COVID parties where people are getting together and trying to get COVID. I thought maybe that was some kind of like a panic that wasn't really happening. Mm-mm. I, I guess people think that these are like chicken pox parties for their kids. But a 17 year old Fort Myers resident died of COVID-19 complications last month. The teenager was a cancer survivor with a rare ongoing autoimmune disorder. So high risk, right? High risk, absolutely. She died of respiratory failure after contracting COVID-19 in early June. This says her mother was a nurse. Mm-hmm. How does that happen? How does somebody who know? I, I, I mean, is there any kind of nurse that doesn't have, you know, standard, widely accepted medical knowledge? Like, could you be a nurse and an anti-vaxxer, or do yeah, those things yeah, just kind of cancel mm-hmm. each other out? No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, the medical examiner's note report that the 17-year-old girl attended a 100-person church event where people were not required to wear a face mask, roughly two weeks before she died. Okay, this doesn't say that it was a COVID party, though, does it? Took her to a church party. All right. From what I've... I've got to separate kind of like what's really going on here. So it's being pitched. To, oh, she went to one of those COVID parties. It was a party. It doesn't say it was intentionally to get The one that... COVID. I, the, it's the story that I read said that it was a COVID party at a church. What was her name again? The girl? Mm-hmm was Carson Davis, and that's C-A-R-S-Y-N. After the party, for nine days that followed, she was given antibiotics, hydroxychloroquine, and oxygen via her grandfather's portable machine by her parents while at home. Her mother, Carol Brunton Davis, is a nurse. I have a little trouble processing that. Like, how can you be a nurse and do something so negligent? The hospital had recommended intubation when Davis was admitted to its pediatric unit on June 19th, but her parents declined the procedure. Mm. I mean, they don't have like... I wonder why. Like a nurse who's not really a medical, like a like a chiropractor nurse? No, could I mean... Be some kind, could she be some kind of holistic... You could, but just because you are trained in, in things doesn't mean that you don't have bigger, you know, beliefs or ideas in other things. Yeah, but it would be like having uh, it would be like having a PhD in physics and believing the Earth was flat. Kinda. I think it'd be more like just believing in in God and religion. Well, it could be like was that Terrence Howard? Who considers himself like a, you know, not a secret mathematician, but he puts a lot of a lot of time into it. And he believes that one times one is not one. Huh. What does he think one times one is? I believe he thinks it's two. <laughs> okay. Well, the hospital said, hey, we need to in- intubate her. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, a tube goes down your throat and the machine breathes for you, right? Trachea, yeah, technically. Well, well, they decided not to do it. Hydrochloroquine the anti-malaria drug that the president had praised 
was later flagged by the USD uh, Food and Drug Administration as possibly detrimental to patients' health. Uh, this is on Newsweek is where I'm reading this, and it doesn't say that, or I'm not finding it where it says that the party was specifically meant for people to contract COVID. Because if you took your cancer survivor daughter mm-hmm. with a compromised immune system to a place and the intention was to get her coronavirus, I think that's charges should be yeah you're bad malpractice you're bad at your job yeah you're a bad mother and a bad nurse so congratulations yeah this is all coming from the medical examiner um they do not say in the report um that it was that they say on june 10th the um the deceased attended a church function with 100 other children did she did not wear a mask social distancing was not being enforced uh, the parents then treated her with azithromycin or a Z-Pack. On June 13th, she developed um, head- frontal headaches, sinus pressure, mild cough. Family thought her symptoms were due to a sinus infection. Symptoms persisted June 19th. Mother noted she looked gray while sleeping. Yeah, uh, hospital. She tested her... Gray o- is not normal. Yeah, she tested her O2 saturation, and it was in the 40s. Anything less than 90% is considered very bad, and anything like less than 80% is considered okay, So the mother was knowledgeable enough to know how to, te- how to do this test on her oxygen, but right. not knowledgeable enough to take your daughter, first of all, to keep her away from places where there might be COVID-19, Mm-hmm. And then not put her in the hospital. Well, it says here that, uh, yeah, so she had an O2 saturation in the 40s. They took the grandfather's um, home oxygen and her level went up to the 60s on five liters. Um, from there, they gave her a dose of hydroxychloroquine. From there, she did not get better. So they took her to the medical center. Um, she was put into the pediatric ICU, um, positive for SARS um, COVID 2. All right, I'm finding something here about someone re- in the story referring to the church party as a COVID party. And this is a data scientist named Rebecca Jones mm-hmm. who called attention to this case, uh, part of a project called the Florida COVID Victims Project. And she was going through some of these cases. And here's what uh, the So a a data scientist analyzes the data and extrapolates Mm -hmm. from that. It says, I started looking into her mother, the church where the COVID party was held with more than 100 children, her health history and who she was. And I felt so angry and sad about what happened. The church was the Fort Myers First Assembly of God. The church reportedly hosted a party on June 10th. The Facebook post that advertised the event was deleted from the church's social media page on Monday. Screenshots of the post show it advertised a release party complete with DJ karaoke and basketball. His name was not DJ karaoke. It was DJ comma DJ karaoke karaoke and basketball. Yeah, I don't know if this was a COVID party, like, hey, go and cough on each other and try and give each other COVID-19. Because if that was the case, then the charges need to be brought yeah. Well, this mother and father. It, it, I think it's probably in bad taste to even be having a party in, in the current surge of cases that are happening around us. Yeah, but if it was just a, a, a church party... And not a like intentionally trying to well, get Well, taking COVID. your immunocompromised daughter still would have been a bad idea to any party. 
Yeah, I guess it's even more egregious, though, if yes. the whole point was we're going to try and, yeah, and swap diseases with each other. Um, you know, it sounds like they had a party and it was like, uh, hey, we're going to trust in God and do our thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe some of the people had thought of it as a good chance to get together and catch COVID. But if I knew what hospital the mother worked at as a nurse... I would avoid that hospital. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that somebody that negligent was employed there. I don't want to be in a hospital room when she decides to unplug a machine. Especially for the fact reason. that she needed to be intubated back on the 19th and they said no. Well, a and lot of times the, 22nd, the, the they outcomes finally... aren't aren't really great for people who are put on the ventilator. Uh, yeah, intubated, but I so. think they do it as a last, no, as a last I, absolutely. resort. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Before we wrap up the show. Latest uh, coronavirus update for El Paso County. As of Monday, uh, new 248 new confirmed cases of COVID-19 on Monday. Also, hospitalizations continue to rise. Fortunately, since uh, yesterday, there were no Monday deaths to report. That's good. That uh, we can't say that every day, but... uh, The death toll remained at 135, but the county did report its 14th day of triple-digit increases. Hmm. So we're not going in the direction that we want to. It says here residents in their 20s are the age group with the largest number of infections, followed by the 30s age group, according to local data. Dirty 30s. So 20s and 30s are getting it, but as I'm noticing the statistics that come out, even though nobody died today, still it's it's people over 60 for the most part with underlying health conditions. They got some new regulations going on in uh, the land of enchantment, New Mexico. So this could affect you. They got some travel restrictions that you may not be aware of. Um, Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham has uh, put New Mexico under a mandatory health advisory. Let me just give you some of the details, and then they included a Q&A. I thought we'd recreate it. Mm-hmm. Anyone crossing a border into the state must adhere to the New Mexico public health travel restrictions. Blah, 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 blah. It goes on to the order. Business and law enforcement agencies are strictly enforcing the following restrictions. For in and out of state travelers, so they've got it laid out as a Q and A. I thought uh, we'll we'll do. I'll do like a different character, and then you, Nico, play the part of the New Mexico. Okay. Information authority. You want me to be the straight man? Yeah. Okay. Oh, this seems like a question an older person would ask. Are the borders closed in New Mexico? No, the surrounding borders are not closed. State roads remain open. Will travelers with out-of-state plates be stopped by law enforcement or turned away at the borders? No, unless law enforcement has reason to believe you are breaking the law or not adhering to the law or health advisory, you will not be stopped or forced to leave the state. Does everyone in New Mexico have to wear a mask? Yes. Mask wearing is mandatory in public for all individuals over the age of two, except when eating, drinking, or exercising. Is there a punishment if I choose not to wear a mask? Yes. If caught without a mask in public, you are subject to a $100 fine. Oh, not too bad. That's not too bad. 
Uh, let's see. This one's a pretty long one. <laughs> uh, do out-of-state visitors have to self-quarantine even if they own a home in New Mexico? What's the... What's, are they saying you got to quarantine for 14 days mm-hmm. if you go into New Mexico? Yeah, if you're just traveling. Is that what it's saying? Mm-hmm. 14 days? I wonder if that counts for Las Cruces, too. For us. Like, if I visit Las Cruces, do they expect me to, to stay there for 14 days? I don't know. Days? Let's read some more of these Q&As. No, I don't think so, just because also there's a lot of people that live in both cities, that live in Las Cruces and drive to um, El Paso for work and vice versa. Uh, oh, here you go. Does that apply to people in RVs as well? Yes, travelers must self-quarantine wherever they are staying. Good thing I got the RV. (laughs) (laughs) What if travelers are simply passing through New Mexico to get to another destination in a different state? Well, this is not a time to shop for souvenirs. Visit state parks or sightsee. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't say anything about souvenirs. What are you talking about? Please recognize that if you are traveling amid a global pandemic, you are bringing the risk of a highly contagious and lethal virus with you. I just need to get to one state through another one. You You're incidental. Face covering it's not like I want to go to New Mexico. I just want to go through New Mexico. Oh, here's another one. Uh, break one nine. What if I'm a trucker? Come on back and have to make deliveries in New Mexico. Then what, good buddy? Over and out. Most trucking services fall under the logistical transporting functions incorporated in the essential businesses of the state's operating emergency <laughs> public health order and are exempt from the quarantine requirement. That answer about if you just if you're passing through, say you're going from Arizona to Texas. And then all of a sudden they go off and now is not the time to shop for souvenirs. You know, people don't go into New Mexico primarily to buy souvenirs. Sometimes they just need to cut through to get someplace else. In fact, I'm convinced that's probably 98% of all out-of-state travel in New Mexico is going someplace else. Yeah, I think a lot of it is because we had this problem with uh, a lot of truckers were saying this when they first put in these requirements back in March. And I think it's if you were going for work or something like that, that the you didn't have to quarantine for the 14 days because truckers do go back and forth from mm-hmm. like Phoenix to El Paso like once or twice a week. So, But do they mean quarantine when you get into the state? Like, for instance, if I were going to go play... Uh, one of the golf courses in Las Cruces. I mean, if I'm following their rules, no, does that mean I have to quarantine for 14 days? No, I, last time you didn't have to. Pardon me? No, last time you did not have to. If you're going just for the day, then it's fine. But if you're like, let's say you're coming from New York or Arizona or something like that, that's why they're saying you need to quarantine for the time that you're coming. They're basically just trying to discourage people from traveling like this because there is so many people that are still traveling. Mm-hmm. And anybody that was wondering when mandatory face masks uh, were, were required, it's uh, when you're eating, drinking, or exercising. 